Welcome back to episode two of the Creative Marketing Podcast. Today I am joined by probably my favorite living artist, Mr. Matthew Zaremba. He creates some absolutely amazing content on Instagram, so I recommend you go follow him right now if you're not. Matthew with two T's, Z-A-R-E-M-B-A. Um, in this episode, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about the the power and the importance of being authentic and staying authentic and true to yourself. We talk about a bit about the media, how they're fucking evil. <laughs> a bit about how if you stare into space for long enough, you'll realize that nothing else really matters because you don't have a clue what's going on. Talk about, uh, this one's an important point, I think we touch on the sort of importance of having a vision before you start taking action towards something, having a very clear vision of what you're aiming for. And a bit about graffiti, a bit about memes. There's a lot in this episode. There's some some super interesting things covered, I think, and uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Before we get into it, just a quick shout out to our sponsors, me. Just want to say artbyangus.com probably the best paintings you'll ever buy in your life you'll ever see on the internet they're unbelievably cheap at the moment they're just such good value Uh, those prices are not going to stay that low so I'd recommend if you want a piece of affordable art now's your chance because you know those prices are going to go up (laughs) Um, also follow me on Instagram A-E-N-G-U-S-B-O-Y-L-E and yeah, leave a comment saying what you thought of this podcast. Also, don't forget to to like and subscribe and all that good podcast stuff so that we can get in the charts and, and spread the knowledge even further. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. Welcome to the Creative Marketing Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode two of the Creative Marketing Podcast. Today, I am joined by a visual artist who I would say is potentially my favorite living artist. Someone who, um, if you're not following him on Instagram, I mean, it makes sense to go follow him right now at Matthew Zaremba, Z-A-R-E-M-B-A, just so you can see what we're talking about throughout the, the podcast. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on. Great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I guess to start with, I've sort of given my my mini spiel, but in your own words, can you tell us a bit who you are, what you're about? Yeah, I'm a uh, visual artist, um, bit of a writer, um, Boston-based currently. Yeah, and I've uh, you know I've always been been in, involved in some form of art, different mediums throughout the years, and uh, I think I'm most known for a very specific style now of you know kind of minimalistic illustrations based on like relationships and communication and psychology. So yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. For sure, yeah. I mean, minimalist is the word, but it's like minimalist. But Jesus, do you do you make an impact with those minimal? pieces of content it's uh i'm fascinated by how you sort of managed to to squeeze such poignant and deep things into something so simple it's it's a skill <laughs> thanks thanks yeah I, I always like i so by day i'm a, a marketing director um for like a fashion company and, and platform and i i kind of always like see it the same way as like uh distilling a lot of information or a a big idea down into something that's digestible you know for the average person um so i kind of yeah. see it like interchangeable love it so i guess to sort of take it back a bit how did you how did you get started how did you sort of begin because i guess the to for the context for you like this this show is aimed at sort of helping people who are early in their creative journey in whatever 
whatever creative medium they're they're using but in in their early journey learning how to how to get started marketing themselves and putting themselves out there yeah so um you know like i mentioned i've always you know as far back as i can remember i've been into some form of art uh, i come from like a very creative family my late father was a, a blues musician and just like a very free spirit my mom's a writer my brother is a visual artist still my favorite artist um nice. So like, you know, I kind of had that vibe growing up where, you know, we'd have room, all, you know, full of instruments and there was always something going on that was about creativity and expression. And, you know, growing up, we, we, we grew up in the city, like half of my childhood, but because my dad and my mom were, were so into the outdoors, like he was like a real outdoorsman. Um, mm -hmm. We would spend like the weekends and the summers, you know, in some pretty rural places and wilderness trips. And I think, uh, I always think back on that time period of like, it was definitely like, um, it did something because I, I think it was the amount of, you know, downtime, you know, waiting for yeah. shuttles to get back up river or like just being out in the woods for weeks on end where, um, you know, uh, this is also like the nineties, you know, I was, I'm 37. So like, this is really before the internet was hitting yeah. and it was just like all that downtime and like all that analog play. And I think it just like, it really like exacerbated our imagination and, and, and it gave us the opportunity to kind of like, you know, explore some, you know, like imaginative play and, and mediums. And yeah. uh, so it's like from a young age, my brother and I, we just got into things like, and, and I think like one of the first things we really got into, and it's probably through skateboarding because as far back as i can remember, we've been skateboarding. Like I'm talking like first grade, second grade, like a, yeah and we started noticing like pretty right like right off the bat growing up in the city like graffiti and i would say like the first thing we really ever got into was graffiti and like that was just being like young kids like catching tags and stuff but um you know like as we grew up and then we eventually moved to the suburbs you know like when i was in like middle school um right before yeah like middle school we grew up in like an area where there was like a lot of abandoned infrastructure um when mm -hmm. we moved to the suburbs and so like we had this 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 canvas like we had this giant playground to get loose and um yeah so like as far back as i remember like graffiti was a really big part of our lives and you know like music was always a huge part of my life uh mostly because of my dad and he was real supportive because even though i was into totally different music like producing hip-hop and stuff he uh you know and he came from like a blues background he was really supportive mm -hmm. of it and you know would get me all the gear etc so we were making music, painting graffiti from a very young age. And then throughout life, you know, I got into like street photography when I was living in New York, you know, which was cool for a while. And then like when mm -hmm. Instagram hit, I kind of fell off that just because it became way too, it just became oversaturated. Um, you know, collage work, like I said, writing, I've always been into like poetry and prose. Um, mm -hmm. So, so a whole life of creativity and I guess it's been like nine years now. My father passed away uh, like pretty tragically, unexpectedly. You know, I guess that's usually how it goes, but it was pretty tough. And I just decided to move home from New York to be closer to family mm -hmm. and, you know, start a new job, whatever, getting back into like a new social circle. And I started just doodling. And at first it almost started like tattoo flash, but it wasn't like your typical tattoo flash of, you know iconic symbols and and motifs it was kind of always rooted in like emotion like what i was feeling and yeah. 
so that's why kind of where it started and I, and I started looking at it and I was like I'm not really trying to be because people are like oh you should, you should start tattooing or can I get this a tattoo and I was like that's not really what I'm trying to do but I wasn't really sure what I was doing and then over time I realized like all I was really doing was was kind of like journaling like I was just taking whatever was on my mind which at the time was centered a lot around like loss and you know kind of like the unknown about life and you know I was 28 years old and living life like to the fullest and all of a sudden mm -hmm. i had this massive like uh you know i got like sideswiped very hard yeah. by reality right and i think a lot of people will uh, have gone through that or will go through that obviously but um it really like shook me up and it really changed like my whole entire perspective on life and i really just started funneling that through just writing again um but it was more like just little short sentences with paired with like some sort of doodle um, and I've never really been good at drawing, believe it or not, but I, yeah, you have I, me fooled. <laughs> yeah. I started like really trying to think of like, I've always been into like really clean things and, uh, like design work and stuff like that, but I have like no formal training in any of it. And so I was doing that for a bit. I got a little of attention. And then when I was, I was on a trip and I was in Berlin and I just didn't have all my stuff with me. Like I didn't have like my, my very specific black felt markers or pens and you know my my bristol paper and whatever and i was like i've got to figure out how to get the style that i'm doing like more accessible because i would draw it before i would draw it i would uh you know photograph it i would have to like adjust it a little bit to to bump up the contrast just because i mm -hmm. wanted to be like as crisp as possible because for me it's never really been about like the process or like the form of it it's really just been about the um like the message and yeah. uh, so when I was on that trip, I was like, I've got to try to start doing this like an illustrator. And because I, and I certainly don't like, I never use like, um, you know, like Wacom tablets or stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so I was trying to like learn, I knew illustrator before just from like doing like some design things for fun and whatever collage work, things like that. But I had to like teach myself how to draw with like the pen tool and like using points and understanding points and like bending lines to get things the way I wanted to, to be like as crisp as I wanted to. And then I would do things like, uh, you know, I'd like take a picture of like my hand doing something for like an illustration. And I would like, I would, I would bring that into illustrator. And then I would like have to learn how to basically trace using points in the pen tool, like my own hand or like objects, because like, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not really a, a drawing person yeah. and I just needed to get that image down. Um, so it was, it was all, it, it became like a, a pretty interesting exploratory process of like, you know, uh, feeling out thoughts and ideas and, and feelings themselves and then trying to figure out how to translate that. And I always go back now because now that it's, you know, it's gotten steam and people are looking and stuff. I'm like, I think like any creator who has gotten some attention or, or you know maybe the even the repercussions of that like when your work starts getting taken out of context or or reinterpreted mm -hmm. by the audience you you go through these really frustrating phases and i go through it all the time and i see a lot of other creatives that i enjoy looking at their work and i see them say the same thing which is like you often go back and wonder like why did i even start doing this am i still doing this for myself and that's a really tough thing and and i know i'm kind of going off track here but it is something oh, really? that I think about a lot is like I started doing this as basically a form of therapy for myself and and just like how to how to 
filter like the chaos of life into something that I could maybe like hold just like a minute longer to try to understand. Uh, and so I, 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 I had this process and, and it was very cathartic and, you know, like you start building something and then it becomes more about like process and how it's perceived and this and that. And it's, it's, it's kind of a trip. Like, am I still doing this for myself? And because it came from such a personal place, that means a lot more, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I think some people are out to just create things that they hope appeal to people. And I never did that. Like, I, I actually wish I could remember when I started even putting these on Instagram as, as opposed to when my account used to just be like street photography or like, you know, just like my regular life. But I think that's the hardest part right now is like almost like at times telling people like, look, especially when you get like uh, feedback or like unsolicited opinions on things it's like I I'm still doing this only for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the accolades or like the, you know, uh, commercial commissions and all that and like followers. That's all cool. That's great. It's it's certainly like validating that you're creating something that resonates with people. But um, it's still it's still solely for myself. Uh, and like as a way to communicate um, and into process. And um, I guess when I like look at it that way, it's, it's kind of, it's still fun to explore and like try things because I'm not getting too caught up in like the perception. I'm still trying to explore things. And I think uh, I'll always forever do that is like, yeah, how am I perfecting this? Yeah. I think, I think it's admirable because I think that really does come through in the work that it's like, it really it is just you sort of thinking out loud almost and it's yeah. like that makes it have that such authentic feel which i think is probably a huge part of the success of it and i guess probably probably the cause of failure for some people is is like pandering and doing something that isn't true to themselves and doesn't re resonate with themselves just in order to try and sort of please a fictitious audience that doesn't even exist yet you know yeah um, yeah sure in terms of like, and I guess based on that, you know, it wasn't the way a lot of people would start out would be like, you know, intentionally, consciously trying to build an audience. So I guess this question is is maybe sort of filling in the, fill, connecting the dots, sort of looking back, I guess, in as Steve Jobs would say. But like any sort of early learnings or indeed failures, that sort of thing, in terms of like when you started to post and when you started to grow followers, like anything, anything looking back that you think for someone who is starting out more intentionally with that aim that would you would give as advice to them starting out, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and I'm still learning that like all the time is like, I, I'm a pretty like, <laughs> my wife will like joke, like I'm a controversial figure. Like I, I definitely say what's on my mind. Um, yeah. I'm kind of in, unfiltered at times. Um, but, you know, I, I tried not to be like in any type of like, you know, certainly like not an ignorant way or I'm just like honest about things. And I, mm -hmm. I, and I, and I hope that also comes through in the work. But so I'm still always learning that, like what, you know, like what the reaction is to certain things, you know, like right now, like I've always stayed away from, you know, politics in a way, like publicly at least um, mm -hmm. because like, I go through my own phases of like how much it affects me or how passionate I am about it. Like I think most people do. Um, and, and, yeah. and it's certainly increased or become ur more urgent in the past four years um, for a lot of us Americans. But, you know, so like even doing things recently, like taking jabs at the current administration and like urging people to like enact change through, you know, the resources and like process available to us, like voting, like I've gotten into it a couple of times with some people who are like, you know, not, not aligned with that ideology or, uh, you know, like what my stance is. 
Um, I feel like he might have gotten into it today, potentially. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, like, you'll get into it with, like, some conservative troll or something, you know, and, yeah. and no offense to to anybody's, you know, political But, but if you support Trump, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, you know, just on the record, like, if you support Trump, like, you're supporting a lot of awful stuff. Um, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's not a matter of like, well, I'm just Republican and fiscally conservative or whatever at this point. It's like, no, now you're, you're like actively and knowingly supporting oppression. Um, yeah. so that's not, you know, that's, that's not cool in my book. Uh, and so, I, you know, you'll get messages, you'll get some like stuff and, and, and what can you do? You can either like ignore it, which most of the time I do. Sometimes you want to go in a little bit on somebody especially if they have any type of influence try to like cut it down but you know aside from that constantly learning i would say like from the jump i yeah i was a weird like people they liked certain things that i didn't like about my work at the time you know like a lot of people liked things that weren't really connected to each other like like i said when i first started there was there was kind of like little sayings on paper and then like related or like very abstractly related doodles more so than like finished isolated pieces mm-hmm. um and i know people really liked that it was very like tattoo flash looking very busy but it, it wasn't really it wasn't really it wasn't like supporting the ideas that i was trying to get across and i really started flipping it quick and there was definitely some feedback like oh you know like i really like that other style blah 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 and i just i, I just r- realized like it's kind of like what Seth Godin says, who uh, I'm, and I'm certain you know who that is, and yeah, yeah. just like a marketing genius. But you know, he he always said like, you know, appeal. You're not going to win everybody over. Uh, you have to f- figure out what like your your viable audience is, because if you're trying to appeal to somebody, appeal to that. Um, you can't try to cast such a wide net appealing to everybody. And I kind of just took like the idea right off the jump, like, well, if I'm doing this for myself, and I and I am doing it for myself, whoever's going to stick around for the ride is going to stick around. And I remember having like very passionate followers, like some people like right off the bat, like in the beginning that, that definitely aren't around anymore. They just disconnected with the work or what have you. And then I've had the reverse where I've, I've obviously grown and grown and grown. But so I guess my, like the, the lesson is like, you have to continue to be open to changing and not getting super stuck. And it's something I still question all the time because I'm still doing a very minimal color pat palette, uh, mm-hmm. style of illustration like my line thickness stroke thickness is always like the same I keep things like very uniform but that's because I worked for years to develop it to get to that formula that I was happy with and if I was pandering to like a greater audience I would be altering like the subject matter I would be altering the visuals like when I see people who are even kind of in the same arena as me um and yeah. by saying that it's me like illustrations focused on like the mind you know uh, uh the heart you know just like things focused around like just being human like the human condition I see a lot of colorful very positive stuff and I'm not positive like I, I would consider myself a realist uh, and so yeah, if I was pandering to like in trying to cast a wider net, I would certainly switch it up from what I'm doing. Um, so I guess my lesson is like continue to develop what whatever you're trying to do, like whatever your goal is, end goal, whether it's a specific aesthetic style or um, tone or, or brand image or whatever your your field is, and like take the like you know roll with the punches, take the bruises along the way. People are gonna fall off. People are gonna come on. And there's two, there's two end goals. It's either like success, like if that's what you're trying to do, especially with like a brand, like brands want to be successful or, or, 
or just like self-fulfillment, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I've always just been about self-fulfillment. Um, success is like a byproduct of that. Like if you're doing stuff that's resonating with people and it's hitting on the right, like cylinders, success will probably come along or follow along in some aspects. But, um, yeah, I would just figure out like what you're about and just continue on that. Because like I said, if I, if I catered to like what, you know, the masses wanted, it would be different. And I don't think I'd be creating at that point. I think I'd be trying to like hit a bucket, which is like Mm -hmm. more along the lines of marketing. It's like, you're trying to like hit buckets to, to optimize and, and, you know, like reach certain KPIs, et cetera. But uh, at least on like creativity, I would like to think everybody's in it for themselves. And it's just trying to express their unique vision with the world. And that's why some of my favorite artists are like nobody's. I mean, like, you know, nobody's in the scheme of whatever social media and mm-hmm. online clout, you know, uh, validation means. Um, you know, they're very outsider artists who certainly have influence, but in a very, very niche crowd. So on paper, they're not like, you know, killing it, but uh, they'll, they're to people like me, like they're like king or queen. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, so. Yeah, you touched on that, like, sort of realism versus optimism. I think I definitely take some optimism from your work as well, but in a realistic way. But it's more like, yeah, things can be bad, but then they can also get better, you know? I think that's, but, yeah. like that's a theme. Well, there's two things. It's like, I, I, ha- I do have this series called The War on Toxic Positivity. And it's like an actual hashtag I started, The War on Toxic mm-hmm. Positivity. Because I, I started thinking about, like, well, I started seeing a lot of Instagram posts that were like, you got this. And like, you know, you're worth Classic things Instagram. like that. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I look at those as like growing up, like you would see in your guidance counselor's office where it was like perseverance. And it was like a guy climbing up a mountain or something. Those yeah. black <laughs> And I started like taking these positive messages and i would write them big so that's what like the post looks like but if you look in like small red letters it'll be like a realistic spin on it that yeah. totally bursts everyone's bubble but i think it grounds people in the reality <laughs> that you know don't um don't you know shrug off or let other people disregard like what you're really dealing with and you know so i'm like a big like i'm a big advocate of putting things into perspective and like trying to ground things in in reality uh Mm -hmm. because the world is tough uh the other thing i would say about all that like positivity is is like i was dealing with i guess like four years ago i started getting panic attacks and like like i've always had anxiety i've always been like an anxious person my whole life but it was kind of like oh there's that feeling in your stomach and (laughs) <laughs> like the feeling you have to go to the bathroom or like uh yeah you're gonna faint or something like it was never it was just like in acute situations and i just felt more nervous or worried in life like i'd always be thinking about like how much was in my bank account and like if i was going on a trip like i would pack like three days early and like i would have to get to the airport you know like two hours early for like a domestic flight like i was just i'm, I'm a worry wart and yeah okay i always known like anxiety in that way but four years ago i started getting panic uh, and it was definitely like drug related. And, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think like subconsciously, I, my whole life, I've always thought about like worst case scenarios. My father's like tragic passing was definitely a worst case scenario mm-hmm. and it kind of validated that fear. So from that point on, it was no more like, Oh Matt, like, why would you think that way? You know, like that's a worst case scenario. That's not going to happen because it actually did happen. So at that point, my like voice in my mind valid started like feeling vindicated for all the fear. It's always been like chirping into me, you know, know, my ear and something switched at that period, which I think is like understandable. But four years ago, it definitely hit a head where it started manifesting as panic attacks. And so 
I, I have a lot of experience with being in a really shitty situation, like mentally and like, uh, you know, spiraling thoughts, uh, feeling mm-hmm. stuck, feeling like defeated or like helpless, overwhelmed, things like that. And, you know, I think it's important because the work's always for me. It's so basically every piece I'm doing is either, and this is what people don't understand because because it often says you or something like that, like it's directed yeah. towards somebody is that, and like you said earlier, like it's like you're thinking out loud. It's like a lot, a lot of these pieces are actually speaking to myself. It's like a version of myself speaking back to myself saying like, yeah. you know, this is who you're presenting. Uh, and this is like who you are, but this is who you feel stuck as right now. You know, things like that. Like I'm constantly speaking back to myself and it's totally subconscious, but when I look at it as like a, you know, logical adult, what I'm seeing is like a form of, you know, uh, like self-preservation, survival, uh, and therapy. And I think that's why people really can relate to it because they can hear it in their own heads. And so the pieces are always like either to myself or to people in my life, like very closely. And they're all based on actual moments or memories or things that have been said in a conversation. And, you know, once in a while, they'll be to maybe a stranger that I've interacted with or something. And the majority of them are actually, they are in retrospect. They're not in real time. I write down ideas or little thoughts. I, at this point, just keep like a really long running list on my phone um, on an app. And I just write down things um, that might have come out of my mouth or somebody I was talking to that was really interesting, like the way the conversation was unfolding or a memory, like a, a, like a, like a hope or a fear. And I write down these things. And sometimes they're like just a saying uh, that will be literally what the words say in the piece. Sometimes they're just kind of an overarching idea that I can kind of pick away at later, like an, like a, almost like a marketing campaign yeah and um and i just kind of like when the mood strikes me like when i look at that list sometimes i've got like a really fleshed out idea by the time i get to that item on the list sometimes i'll go to the bottom of the list the middle of the list top of the list sometimes i'll have an idea that is real time and just do it and i don't look at the list for weeks but um a lot of them are in retrospect because i think you know it's like hindsight is 2020 and you can kind of see things easier in retrospect um and then a lot of them are reactionary to like what's so like the real-time ones are more reactionary to what's going on like say i have like a you know a really like challenging conversation with like a loved one or something and like i kind of you know i i parse out like what was like the overall message in that conversation like what did we boil it all down to and i'll use that as like the subject matter for the piece but yeah, like in terms of positivity, like e- even when things do seem positive or hopeful, that's really like one person's, that's one person's technique to like get through something that is challenging to them. Um, yeah. So it's not empty. It's it's like coming off of like, a, it's, it's, it's like it's derived from and appealing to a very like real situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm no stranger to to drug induced panic attacks. I've had a few of them myself, um, and it's certainly not a pleasant experience. It's about yeah. the worst of the mushrooms, I would say, because mushrooms oh, at best yeah. times feels a bit like you're dead. So yeah, when you start yeah, thinking yeah. you might be dead while you're on mushrooms, that is a serious rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, uh, I always I always say like, and I have a piece that says it. It says like, 
deep thinker plus deep feeler equals in deep shit. And it's like, I, that's how I always, that's like, that's, that's my life. I feel, you know, at, you know, like I said, I'm 37 now. I have two little boys, um, you know, married. I definitely living a different life than I did when I started this at yeah. around uh, like 29 uh, really getting into it at like 30, uh, like 31, but that's where it started like really becoming more focused. But, um, you know, like as I get older and I start like doing more real work on myself or like deep diving into myself, yeah. almost like a, I don't know if it's like a project or, I mean, it's really to like try to be a better person and better, you know, partner and father and, you know, yeah if I have any influence to like come off in the right way, you know, to at least use that for good. So like, as I like kind of deep dive into myself, I, I don't know, like I, I, I start to see like some of these bigger themes in my life that fueled a lot of this. And um, some of it's like really scary. Like last night I was sitting on the deck with my wife and one of my older, I mean, my older son who's three and a half. And I, we were like looking up the moon and the stars and I, I started thinking like, and I said this to my wife, I was like, I know this sounds like such a stoner thing to say, but like, look at that star, look how far that, like, we know how, you know, roughly how far that is. We yeah. can figure out exactly how far it is with an app or something, but you know, the concept so far away and like that, that space, that, that universe, you know, it's infinite. Like there, no matter all the technology we have, et cetera, medicine, whatever, which has actually been proven little mm -hmm. that we're, you know, a little ignorant to things with COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. But even with everything that we have, when you look out at space at night, for example, like that's infinite, right? And we have no clue where that ends. And, and because we don't have a clue about that, right? Then we don't have a clue like where we came from. And we definitely don't have a clue of where we go after. Yeah. And it's like those thoughts that set me on a trip. And like, that's kind of a fun thought. It's like, all right, yeah. So that's kind of hopeful. It's like, if we don't have the answers to anything, like nobody has an answer to God. Nobody has an answer to existence. It's just, it's not possible. Cause even if you break it down to atoms and whatever, someone or something had to create that thing, you know, like it just goes on yeah. forever. It's infinite. Um, the, the answers and the questions. Um, so I guess what I'm saying with all that is like, even though it's kind of a fun thing to think about, it can kind of trip you out especially if you're like doing drugs and but also as like a sober person and like that's how i'm thinking like that's literally how i'm thinking 24 7 like i i'm constantly questioning things but more in like a curiosity way not like i mean i i can be very skeptical but i like to think most of the time it's more curiosity and um aside from like the thinking patterns i'm also like feeling very heavily like when i get a cold it's like <laughs> it's like it's like the end of the world around my house <laughs> you know what i mean like ah, yeah <laughs> i'm just like i'm just like hurting i'm like i can't breathe on my like it's bad uh like i'm a bit of like a health anxiety person and i just feel a lot like when i ever since i was young when i was a kid you know like when i fell in love like i fell in love and um if something like appealed to me like i had to have it and i still have a lot of that in me now so yeah, like I, I just like I'm just one of those people like hypersensitive to things like thinking and feeling, and uh, the creativity I think is just like uh, a way to try to manage all that. It's like the gift and the curse. I think like people who yeah. are highly creative are always like a little tapped in a way. Like they <laughs> their life can be like a little bit messy. And I'm lucky because I had 
you know, my dad was definitely more of like the free spirit creative one. And my mom was like very, very smart about, you know, everything from like finances to um, like education. Like she's just like an incredible person, you know, like, and like my best friend. And I, I, I like am so lucky to have that side of me because that's the side that like keeps me grounded in everything so like even though i can be super wild and like reckless with like my thinking or behavior and stuff like growing up especially and like definitely like uh, a product of like that kind of creative mania or whatever i've also got like this like very rigid logic in me as well which i think is why i'm able to you know i've had like a, a you know fairly successful career in marketing and you know, like with my day job and stuff like that and like other projects outside of creativity. Um, because if I was like, you know, just the creative side, like I don't think I would have like anything going on. You know what I mean? Like I don't think yeah, I, yeah. I would have like a wife. I don't think I would have kids. Like I just think I would have, you know, been like some of some other people I know who just kind of threw caution to the wind and really like lived gnarly. But I always have had like this grounded side. And I think that also shows in the work. You know what I mean? yeah geez man we sound very similar because <laughs> um, yeah i've got that very gnarly side but i know when to when to try rein it in a bit also, yeah yeah the stars comment is so true i not to not to harp on drugs too much but i <laughs> i recently was back home in ireland and in a park in the middle of the night like we sort of climbed over this fence into this park while on mushrooms um and acid potentially <laughs> and we lay on the ground in this park looking and it was super clear night and there's like no light pollution so the perfect view of the stars and i just like i just roared laughing like the most i've probably ever laughed for like about 15 minutes just staring at the stars being like what is going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's, it's like it's, it's like one of my God. earliest yeah it's like one of my earliest like trippy thoughts is like what I always think like people, you know, like right now, especially with like politics, it's like we're so we're like all in echo chambers. We're all like assigned to our tribes. Uh, yeah. You know, we're just like force fed bullshit by the media. Like that's something I always think about is like we're all getting our information from media sources, which are conglomerates. They're usually corporate yeah. conglomerates corporate who have an agenda. Yeah, yeah they, they have an agenda. And then even independent media, like they they are biased usually, whether it's you know uh yeah because it's all people right yeah whether it's like something like right wing like breitbart or something left like um i don't know like mother jones right and then like mm -hmm. in the middle you have like these very fair people trying to do good work like npr but suffice to say we're constantly being fed shit right and we're, yeah. we're the suckers who are all believing it and fighting with each other when i think all we all we universally want is the same things we want like happiness sustainability you know, like a fair opportunities and everybody should be, you know, everyone is deserving of that regardless of their background, et cetera. But we as humans like shoot ourselves in the foot and we're like, no, 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 you can't have that. Or like, you know, like, I don't believe this or I don't yeah, agree. Yeah. With, you know, like we're just constantly fighting ourselves. And I, and it's a fun thought for me to like, yeah, like at night look up and be like, none of this shit. Matters. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like none of this shit means anything out there. Because if you go past uh, yeah. our, if you go past like our, our, um, our, uh, you know, like stratosphere or whatever, whatever, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend I'm a, a, a knowledgeable <laughs> about, yeah, about yeah. what's going on out there. But once you go out there, man, like you can't even breathe without the proper apparatus. You know what I mean? Like, so it shows how vulnerable we are in things like climate change affecting our world. Like, 
wildfires, right? Floods, yeah. et cetera. Like we are so vulnerable to the great, you know, like nature, like mother nature and like the great beyond that. It's ridiculous. I, I just find myself pretty overwhelmed often thinking of how stupid we are as human oh, beings that we can like all these people walking around, making up their rules, saying, acting with confidence <laughs> when really like, you know, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I just don't I don't know. I just don't buy it, you know, and, and I, yeah. I, I've, you know, like, I, I think I can I, I believe in the idea of like humiliation, you know, like I'm, tr I'm trying to yeah. learn humility, especially like I said, like my, as I get older and um, it's tough, man. Like it's really tough to curb the ego, um, you know, as someone who has dabbled in like uh, psilocybin such as yourself, like you should know, mm -hmm. like it, you can break that away with like drugs, right? Like you can start to see the ego melt away and see what like life is like without that. So it's very hard to curb the you know the ego and yeah. do you meditate uh that's an interesting question i've dabbled a bit and i've certainly done a lot of research you know i've even done like projects for 10 percent happier the app nice. um so i'm like pretty well aware of it would i do subscribe to more so or i mean i i guess what i practice more is mindfulness um yeah you know which is what you're really trying to just get out of meditation mm -hmm. and uh, I think the form in which I practice it or get it is creativity. Like the only time. So I, I've actually like recently, it's been pretty clear and it's been diagnosed as like ADHD. Um, I have been, and I've kind of always known that my whole life, whether it was just like kind of impulsive behavior or the inability to, you know, like, you know, basically things like sit still. And like, I was always like drawing in class and I just, I don't know. It was always clear to me, but um, it's kind of like finding out as an adult, like you're dyslexic. You're like, oh shit, like that's why I've always been like yeah. this way, or that's why I always upset so many people when I when I just like fly off the handle and say something because <laughs> I react so quickly and I don't pause yeah. to think, and you know, which is things I put into my drawings as well. I talk about those things, but I find that the only time I'm ever truly like calm and like focused is when I can break myself away from distractions long enough to really put in some like uninterrupted quality time with my boys. Because um, mm -hmm. that's the truth. It's like, it's very hard being a parent, uh, especially now with COVID. Like there's, we're, they're not in daycare. We're working remotely. And it's very hard because you'll be working, 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 stressed. You don't have that like separation of work and yeah. home life. And so like you'll break away for like five minutes play on the floor with the kids, get back up, go back to the desk, work away. You know what I mean? It's this very, yeah. it, feels, it feels horrible because like you're not, you're there, but you're not there. And usually when they're at daycare, they don't see us all day and we get to do what we need to do all day and then come home and be more of a family. And yeah. Um, so when I am aware enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to take a real lunch break or I'm going to get up early to do this with the kids before I have to go into work, like, you know, quote unquote, go into work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, that's when I feel so super calm is like with my boys, just like doing anything. Um, Amazing. And, and then do creative things. Like when, I, like when my brother and I paint graffiti, 
stuff like that like here and there when we get the chance to you know because we're not like out bombing we're just like painting <laughs> der- you know we're like painting derelict yeah, yeah. walls these days you know and like abandoned spots but it's kind of like what we do instead of like guys who go fishing or something like it's just yeah what we've always been into and it's just bonding and you know it's my best friend so it's just like great times but um when we're painting walls like like we don't even talk you know like we'll spend like a couple hours painting we don't even like talk like it's just total total like being immersed in a moment and like we both like snap out of it like when we're finished and like it's yeah. like we pick the conversation right back up like nothing changed for like those two hours from like yeah. when we were going to the spot or whatever and like drawing like doing anything creative like i just sometimes i'll fill out like a whole sketchbook with just like doodles or like you know like graffiti letters or like whatever like just just anything that's not serious i just kind of like draw names and like <laughs> i don't know i just yeah. like yeah like a lot of graffiti stuff because it's so free-flowing and it and it gets me to that state which they call flow which is just like you're just yeah. doing and there's nothing else that exists and it kind of gets me in trouble sometimes because my wife will be like matt matt and i'm like uh what <laughs> you know what i mean like I snap <laughs> out of it. it's like it's like being yeah. possessed. and that's super huge for me because I don't have like a separation from like anything right now because of COVID and like quarantine or, you know, at least trying to not be out there too much, you know, like, well, aside from like every day we go on like outdoors adventures and stuff. We spend a lot of time outdoors, you know, hiking beach, stuff like that. Uh, But what's hard is like not getting enough time to just focus on creative stuff. And um, just because by the end of the day, you're so tired that it's like hard to explore like, you know, like some new canvas or something. But like, I really need that more than ever. Like now more than ever, those moments of just like zoning out is is so massive to me, like just for like sanity. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I think I think like the whole lockdown situation has definitely been tough on mental health for a lot of people like around the world because it's just such a such a strange situation but touching we touched on like the, the nefarious nature of the media i um i for the first few days of of when we first locked down in london here it was like i had the news on pretty much on on a constant loop while i was yeah. working sort of thinking i was staying informed and then like right. third or fourth day i was like i feel like absolute like awful yeah and yeah. then basically since then i haven't watched the news and i felt significantly better it's like and i still hear the important things from other people <laughs> who are still subjecting themselves to the news yeah man i i you know what was sick is like i got like like actually sick not like sick cool it's like i got mm. to the point where like i was straight up refreshing like cnn and like my news app and stuff like yeah. on the hour like what's new you know what i mean and then yeah, and, 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 and i remember it was the same thing when like trump was you know, being yeah. uh, investigated for potential like removal from office impeachment or when Kavanaugh was up for Supreme Court and like all these allegations came out, like I became obsessed with like the updates. And then I realized yeah. like, this is actually like, this is, this is actually like evident of like a, a, a mental, like this is unraveling and yeah. everybody is unraveling like what we're seeing right now across the world is a collective unraveling and it's because everything that we were confident about every like yeah. hot shit who thought they were going to go out on friday night <laughs> and like you know get to sleep with somebody and whatever like just your basic like yeah ego driven you know processes and behaviors and customs were just shattered overnight and like people did yeah. not know how to react to it which is 
which is totally understandable. I still don't know how to, I actually think I'm in like a state of grieving at this point where it's like, is this shit ever going to return to normal or like what we knew as just homeostasis. And uh, I don't know, like, I think we're collectively like, we're, we are, we're collectively like falling apart. (laughs) And um, I, I, like, I definitely don't have an answer to like, how do we do that? But you know, I watched that movie, the social dilemma the other night. Yeah. I watched that too. And Dude, like, it, it really, like, it gave me anxiety because I was like, I, I mean, I knew all this because, you know, I've been in marketing for years and I, yeah, you know, I still have, like, friends and family who are like, what's up with these ads following me around? And I'm like, it's actually pretty <laughs> simple. It's called a retargeting ad. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty simple. It's not like some big conspiracy. It's just like a, a, a marketing tool. So I knew all this stuff. I knew how they were collecting data. I knew how they, you know, anybody who yeah. does research would. Yeah, I also work in in the field of digital marketing, so I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm often so, following people around with ads. Yeah, so like, but the part that really like highlighted it for me, or like bookended it for me, was like just the behavior of it. Because like, as my following started to grow, and you know, it it does become obsessive. Like, mm-hmm. you, you be like, I'd be a liar, and any other person with any following would be a liar if they said like they weren't they weren't a, at least aware of like performance of what they post. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it hurts to me because like I've, d- I've done things where like I've posted straight up poems, like, and my poems are more like prose. They're like, you know, like one page yeah. stories. And, and the other thing is like every single thing I've ever, like I post, whether it's a drawing or writing or whatever, they're all nonfiction. Like they're all autobiography, you know, like they're, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I'm not just like, coming up with thoughts just for the sake of it like they all are like i actually like asked people recently like and and i'll and i'll do it because the feedback was good it was like would anybody be interested in like a live ig kind of like slideshow where like i go to the beginning of the feed and as many as i can get through for each session like talk about the background of each piece because they're that rooted in like a real background story but so like if you post something that like I've posted things that are like the most important to me, right? They got like yeah. no, got like no love compared to like something like I, I've got a couple pieces where like they were throwaway thoughts almost. They're like, well, I gotta yeah. get this out of, my, I gotta get this out of my head because that's what it's all about, <laughs> purging. And I'm gonna put it on, but like it's not like something like speaking to a dead homie or something. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. one of the pieces about somebody's not with us anymore or like some monumental moment in my life. Uh, that did super well. And so like sometimes I put out things that are super personal or important to me that got no love compared to those ones. And, um, you know, that's like a weird thing because like you start thinking like, I don't know, it's just like you become obsessed with like the performance of things. And it's hard not to because especially when you get like credit for something or like, uh, I don't know, if you got like applause for something Mm -hmm. and then you do things and it doesn't, it's way more noticeable than if you never had the applause period. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes complete sense. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's like, you don't know if it doesn't happen, but once it does happen, it's like, it's hard knowing like a post has gotten like, say like 8,000 more likes than a different one. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, I'm never going to get that again. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's a weird concept. It's like, wait, so you're most, you know, uh, the piece that like went the most viral or like resonated the most, like anything for like beyond that is kind of like not going to live up. And that's weird. 
but that's when that 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 like ego check comes in place where it's like i don't i don't, I don't give a shit like as a as a actual like human soul you know what i mean but yeah i do as like i'm just another person like doing the same shit as you like you want to be light you, like you want to be attractive right like yeah nobody's like oh i don't i want to look like shit when i go out right <laughs> or like you know like yeah um, for sure like you want to be light or accepted you want to feel like what you do is appreciated or like people are into it so yeah i think it's funny when people are like i don't give a shit it's like <laughs> well if you didn't give a shit you wouldn't put it up yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and if it's just for yourself i don't know like that's that's kind of the conundrum i always face it's like if it's for self if you have always been doing it for self does that matter and it's like no but you can't ignore it right like unless they shut off likes and comments and all that stuff you can't help but notice it. So like, even if you're yeah. doing it for self and you don't give a shit, you still notice. It's, it, it's like if you were playing a concert for self and then, um, but you didn't mind if people sat and like watched or something like at the subway station, right? Like if you're busking, yeah. so to speak. And, uh, but like, and so you're like, I'm playing for self, whatever, but I'm just doing it in public because like, I feel like, you know, it's pretty cool and maybe someone might like it. And if people want to check it out, they can sit, sit on the bench and just listen along until their train comes or whatever. But if someone like was listening and all of a sudden was like, nah, I would do it this way. Or I don't like that. It's like, well, shit, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's not what I was here for. Like, that's not what I'm about. Or if, you know, you did one song and like the whole entire platform clapped and then you did another song, especially one that like, that wasn't a cover that you wrote. Yeah. Uh, like your your mother or something, like your late mother or something, like you, the love of your life or something, and like nobody claps. Like it's not that you're gonna care about changing the work per se, but you're gonna care that like you were forced to notice, like oh shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's 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 one of the weird parts about social media, I find. Yeah, and I guess it's the that's the the problem with human psychology as well is that like one negative thing outweighs 10 positives you know it, and that stands out so much more and it's like and especially if you're putting yourself out there and there's a big following like it's th those things can definitely i imagine cut through sort of yeah but yeah i, I think know. i think you're doing a fucking stand-up job of uh of keeping the work authentic from what i'm seeing i just don't know why that ma you know what I mean? like i don't know why that it does outweigh that like my mom's like a real she's a positive person. She's like a heavy mm -hmm. believer in like the law of attraction and all that. And yeah. I do believe in that, but I get so sidetracked by like my life, you know what I mean? And like my reality out there mm -hmm. in the world. And I don't know. She's like, don't focus on that. And it's like very hard not to, I did a piece. I forget what the words say, but something along the lines of like, I was so focused on what was wrong that I didn't notice what was right. And it's like all these yeah. horizontal lines. And one of the lines is just like erratic, like overlapping the other ones. And it's like, yeah, it's like, you can't help but notice that, that line. Like, it's not going to look right. If that, it's like getting a new sofa, like a beautiful one, like $3,000 sofa and like spilling a little red wine on the corner. But it's like, <laughs> even if you can cover it with like a, couch cushion or something like you know it's there it's real yeah yeah you know what i mean like yeah i don't know it's hard it, yeah yeah i get it so okay i'm gonna bring it back a bit more to the the audience that i'm aiming to speak to with this podcast is very much like whatever the medium people who are creatives who are like very early in their in their career i guess or like early in putting themselves out there so with that in mind would you have any advice for someone like day one starting out for for like building a following building an audience uh, yeah, I mean, 
like I said before, like you have to like know what your end goal is. I when I was mm-hmm. when I was young, like especially like producing music and stuff, I would do things like I would I would like figure out what my like album cover art would be before mm-hmm. I even like produced a track for said little album. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it gave me it was kind of like the mood board before the mood board or or before like it became how we think of it like pinterest and stuff it was like yeah i would create the end vision first that's what i do with these drawings it's like i know exactly what i'm doing i don't it's not like i'm like a, a painter who's like kind of feeling out texture and color play while doing the painting mm-hmm. uh, and trying to like build a form i know exactly how it's supposed to look before i even make the first point you know what i mean and yeah so i think like having an end vision is the most important thing ever like i i work in you know uh contemporary fashion like rooted in like streetwear and sneaker culture and like everybody everybody wants to start a brand right everybody wants to start like a t-shirt brand or some sort of streetwear brand and i see a lot of you know small brands who are trying to come up or whatever and the first thing i say is like what what like void is this brand trying to fill and the truth is it's not much of a void in that industry to fill right yeah unless you're coming with some totally unique perspective especially for like these graphic tea brands it's like you're just putting some random graphic on a shirt <laughs> with some company name that really doesn't mean anything and you just you're just trying to do it for a project and like i don't blame you for that like it's, it's cool to like try to create a little brand or whatever but like if you want to be successful you have to fill some sort of void you have to have a vision like you can't just be like ah yeah i just want to make like a, a t-shirt brand and whatever it's like even people like brands that are kind of goofy like i won't name any just because like i, I don't want to spot but like <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. very successful brands even in my industry who are you know they're kind of like more playful and kind of riffing on pop culture but like the owners of those companies like i know for a fact like they really they think about that and they're trying to appeal to a sensibility so it's very calculated even if it comes off as kind of just like playful, naive, whatever, there's it's calculated. And so I would say for anybody trying to do anything, like you have to have the end goal, you have to have the vision, to, and then and then all your work is to meet that vision and to get to that end goal. Like that's that's one in terms of like growing an audience. I mean, uh, like if we're if we're talking like Instagram for example, I mean like your best bet is going to be like sharing your work like regularly. Uh, and and oh, the other thing about like kind of vision and brand branding i guess is like the the ultimate pillar is like you have to have a consistent identifiable style like if you see one of my pieces you're probably gonna like if you're aware of my work you're gonna know it's me i constantly get dms from people who have found my work like uncredited on other accounts especially before i started putting a watermark on because they just knew it was my work just from like the the aesthetic of it and like yeah. the, the font which is my handwriting i turned into a font etc but um so like branding is the most important uh and that includes like your vision and like your your end goal and then in terms of like being found or growing like you it's you got to consistently put your work out there uh if you have the means to i mean you just want to connect with people i mean there's a lot of like especially on ig because it's really only the platform that i use yeah. Uh, rules that I don't follow. Like I'm just too lazy to do it. To be honest with you, like hashtags. I don't. I don't know how much I believe in hashtags unless they're very niche. Because if you put up something like illustration, like you're not going to be seen. Doesn't matter yeah. like how big you are. Like it's, it's buried. I think there's like forty per second or something. I read one time uh, <laughs> going into that pool. But so I mean, I guess niche has hashtags, creating your own hashtag. But like the thing I found most valuable, um, which you don't really have much control over is oh before i say that i'll say like also like i guess 
engaging with people that you're into or things that mm -hmm. you're into, like in the comments. I mean, obviously, like if you're considerate and have a considered, you know, something supportive, uh, ideally comment. And I really stress that part because you don't want to be a keyboard warrior. Uh, like people will say like, Oh, that's a, you know, that's like, that's like a human thinking. Let me check out their profile and they might discover something cool about you. So like engaging, uh, I don't do enough of that, but, um, I know it, it definitely works. Um, but the, the most important thing I think you can do, or like the, the thing I found most value of that, again, I said, like, you don't really have much control over is just who's reposting your work. Like if you, and there's ways to do that. Like, in business, you know, we'll do things like we'll seed product to people, right? Like we'll get uh, products of ours to people that we like, whether it's creatives or industry people or whatever, friends of the company. And like they're going to be psyched and they're going to, uh, you know, like it's we're just hooking up people and that's cool on a human level. And they might support the brand more because like we're real humans and whatever. And so they'll like post about the company or, or talk about it to people and it's just supportive. But as like a creative or somebody trying to do their own thing. Um, yeah. Like I've had, I've had like, you know, somebody like Mindy Kaling posts work of mine, which, you know, like you'll get like a couple thousand followers, like pretty immediately. Uh, Ariana Huffington has been posting a bunch of work recently and I just actually connected with her like directly, um, which nice. is cool and might try to do something with her, uh, new brand there. Um, you know, like Colin Hanks has been supportive. Um, I don't know, like, yeah, just people, especially people with followings, getting your work out there is like the most beneficial thing I've seen. Um, but again, I think that's only going to happen if you're, creating something that's like identifiable you know uh, is resonating with people and um yeah like some of the other rules that i know or best practices that i definitely don't follow enough are like you know creating engagement with your following um you know giveaways doing like ig story polls and, and stuff like that i mean yeah. any, any any way that you can get people to like stay on your page, like stay on your posts and read things. Like I, I notice, like whenever I do an actual like thought out caption, because usually I just like put a little quip or something. Yeah. But if I if I have like a more important message, like I did one for Suicide Awareness Month, something like that, or like this recent yeah. political one, I um if I put out like a thoughtful caption that's more of like uh, a message, there's definitely more engagement because it keeps people on the page longer, which I think affects the algorithm mm -hmm. and makes it, it Instagram. It tells Instagram like, this is something interesting. Put more people's eyes on this. Yeah. So like any way you can keep people on your page or engaging with your content, whether that's in stories or their feed, et cetera, is definitely going to, it's definitely going to help if that's what you're trying to do. If you're trying to grow your audience, that's what you want to do. Yeah. I think yeah. your work definitely is like just designed to be shared. It's, it's like, it's made for reposting in Instagram stories. You know, it's like, it just fits so perfectly and it's so succinct and so, so relatable that I think, I feel like that that's probably a, a big advantage to you. Yeah. Which is tough because I think, I mean, it's also like makes me question a lot of things. Cause I, I do, I do. And you know what? It's funny. And actually, as I'm saying this, cause like, I, I think I actually say things. I think a lot about what like, not, haters would say but like i because i am skeptical about things i always mm -hmm. kind of like play devil's advocate with for, with myself and i like to think about like how things could be questioned even with myself and like talking on a podcast like this or something it's like i so 
that's to preface what I'm about to say, which is that I often get nervous about just how we've become like accustomed to like the meme. You know what I mean? Like yeah. things have become so. I mean, memes had this certain aesthetic originally, which was kind of like this black frame box, et cetera. And which I think was actually kind of based on those weird old motivational posters. Mm. Um, or at least I saw someone's post saying that the other day. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good point. And I had thought about that, but I don't know. Maybe I just feel validated because someone else said it. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I get worried about like the meme and like virality of content these days. And I don't, I'm just aware, like, I could be lumped into, like, oh, yeah, you're a dude, like, putting out messages that are shareable. Like, they, they, yeah, they lend themselves to that. Is that art or is that just kind of, like, more content? And uh, it's something that I wrestle with a lot because it's like, yeah, is that, is that a legit, like, thing to criticize? And then I, but then I often think, like, that's not where you come from, though. You know what I mean? Like, I come from, like, a background of, like, actually painting on things and like i don't know like if it's not this i'm going to be doing something else and um when i look at some of those accounts that are definitely like more they're they're hitting on kind of the same universal ideas of like love and and, and communicating and uh psychology and stuff but they're definitely more like meme like and they're not like original art per se yeah when i think about those accounts like that's their that's their motive and that, that's what they're doing and they don't have like a DM I always get is like, how do you do this like every day? Like, how do you put out something like every day, sometimes multiple things? And I'm always like, well, that's an easy one to answer because my mind's erratic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. My, my mind and my heart are like, nah, they're they're wild. They're, they're Yeah, they're, they've got like ADD. They've always got something going on. And so like, even if like this doesn't end for me, you know what I mean? Like this, yeah. even if IG disappeared tomorrow or like the internet, like this doesn't end. Like I'm going to be like doing this on the street, you know, like I'll just yeah, take it yeah. to the street and start like wheat pasting it. Like I, this isn't like an option for me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know mm -hmm. if that comes off as kind of like pompous, but like, this isn't, this isn't like a choice or like an option for me. It's like, I, I've been doing it for years because like, it's my way of like, yeah, like self-preservation and like, in like uh, sorting through this life, right? In this yeah. world. So I don't know. I, I think a lot about like, yeah, like meme stuff and like, what does that mean in relation to like aesthetic and uh, what I share in the platform I share it on. But that's kind of like how I reason it out in my head is like, I just kind of root it back in reality of like, nah, I don't give a shit if IG's here or not. It's still yeah. going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that whole meme thing is like definitely shortening the attention span of humanity probably a bit. But I think I think your stuff is so like is speaking to that short attention span, but in a way that just goes so much deeper than than the average meme, you know. So I think you're. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I what think you're definitely. I definitely call it art. Is what I'm saying. I think to appease oh, any yeah. voices you're wrestling with in your head. <laughs> Thanks, man. I, yeah, I like, it's weird because I actually didn't know what like a meme was. I don't think anybody really knew what a meme was, you know, before like yeah. a few years ago, maybe. And like, I really wanted to understand it from like a, like a historical context. And like, when you look at like the, the real meaning of it and like, it makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just like what we know as memes in this, 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 uh, on this platform and, and usually it's a subject matter like usually memes are just like straight up goofy like trust me i exchange memes <laughs> with like 
friends and my brother yeah. and stuff like that i just think are so funny so i'm not against memes i just i think it's hard for people sometimes to separate like creativity and art like from memes and also at the same time like i'm also not dispelling the fact that like i think that people who consider themselves meme like cure like artists like yeah that shit's real like I, I follow some people that create and then they're, they're not memes like just like you know like one of those like viral images of some like weird person or something like people just add their own captions to it or something i'm talking about like yeah i mean it it, it is art in its way like its own lane because like yeah. i follow people who are just kind of getting messages across that are funny and are definitely like they're definitely like riding in the same lane as like some of those like just kind of generic viral photo memes but they're like they are making the original graphics for it like that are illustrations and stuff and it's more like cartoons and like some of the concepts are so heady that uh like there's this dude uh or uh, actually I, I don't even know who they are but um renaissance man on instagram uh, I just like love this account. It's just, it's just like, it's funny as hell, but it's also like really poignant and like poking at like societal issues and like yeah. all those, all those. So it's, 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 it's definitely like, and I think they consider themselves like in that meme, you know, artist like meme lord uh, <laughs> world. I, I don't know. I'm totally ignorant to it, but like, what they're doing is definitely like art. Like I, I like I would love to see that like blown up on a billboard or like as a mural on the side of a bill you know what i mean and like that's yeah. how i look at mine too it's like i i have painted like my pieces like big on walls or you know because that's my background or like and the way i see it is like it's ig now right like everything people are creating on ig as like a platform as like a canvas like it's there now but like that shit can be skilled like i've done i've done projects with like various companies like i can take any of those picture those pieces and like put it on a billboard or like the side of an airplane you know what i mean if i had yeah. the means to do it and i think that's most interesting because i always grew up like looking at people like jenny holzer or like barbara kruger a lot of like text-based artists etc uh ed Ruscha, like and you know that's that's what they were doing before like the internet was was here is like they were taking those same ideas but they were like putting it in like neon lights on billboards etc so i don't know i just look at everything as kind of a message and the medium um is is totally like interchangeable and um you know it's it's not important yeah so you touched you, we talked, touched a bunch on graffiti um and yeah. you, you mentioned it being sort of you know something you did especially when you're younger and maybe a slightly immature thing but i'm probably one of the few people in the world to turn 30 and then decide to start doing graffiti ah, nice um i've been i'm very basic though i use i use i don't know some people would controversially say it's not graffiti because i use stencils but my uh having also worked in marketing i i i feel like i've realized the how impressionable people are and how you know easily influenced they are so i'm just spray painting the word love around london in the hope that uh a bunch of impressions of the word love might make the world a better place. But based on based on that conversation, Graffiti, do you have any any run-ins with the law or anything? Any any moments of close calls or getting caught or anything like that when you were younger? Yeah, uh, I've managed to I avoid mean, that I, shit, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I uh, I'll stay like vague just because uh, you know no one wants to draw yeah. attention to themselves. But yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing: is like we uh, Graffiti is like one of the like the toughest like subcultures i mean i don't know 
it's maybe it's only one of like the subcultures that I'm familiar with among some others, but and it might be the same for like even if you're into gaming or whatever, I don't know. But it's incredibly like narcissistic and um <laughs> it's just like a crazy competitor sport. But the competi like the competition isn't on like a field in like press conferences after the game. It's like it's in the real world, you know what I mean? And there's like yeah. real world repercussions for that, um, whether it's from the law or like another player in the game or players in the game. You know, it's like graffiti is based around crews, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like it, it always will be. You won't find many writers who aren't repping a crew and, um, you know, your crew is your, your team. And like there's countless other teams out there and you don't really get along with the other teams per se. I don't know. It's just like a lot of drama, whatever. But uh, so even like your involvement in graffiti is up for debate. You know what I mean? Like one yeah. crew might say like, you guys didn't do shit. And another, you know, and then another yeah, crew yeah. might want to look at you as like the crew to be like when they're bigger or something. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's just constant personalities. I mean, there's nothing about graffiti that's not just like self-serving. It's just self-serving. Like I think, and that's a big debate is like, is graffiti art, blah, blah, blah. I look at graffiti as like, yes, you, I mean, most graffiti, unless you're just like straight up bombing, like I think anybody can train themselves to like, you know, get a, like a throw up down and a hand style. That's yeah. at least okay. But like, if you're painting like pieces or whatever, or you've developed a style that's like very identifiable and clean, there's no doubt about it that it takes artistic skill to do it. I mean, spray paint itself is one of the worst mediums to work with. It's fast. It's 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 drippy. It is not yeah. like, uniform. The weather affects it, etc. Um, so, do you have to be artistic to do graffiti? After at at a certain point onwards, yeah, for sure. And like, I know graffiti writers who don't do quote unquote fine art or like studio art, who are incredible artists, right? Uh, that do shit on walls with spray paint that I I can't really wrap my head around as someone who who's also in that world. Uh, even like this, the techniques and stuff, but yeah. And then like, and then in a societal level, man, you're like an outcast. And as I'm older now, like 37, like I look at it, I'm like, damn, I've spent all my life like obsessing with and like glorifying this like niche, like activity that is literally just drawing your name on shit as if somebody <laughs> else, out, as if somebody else outside of that world would ever care. And the truth is, <laughs> my wife's like, why, why do you just, go and paint your same letters all the time. They often look the same style, whatever. And I'm like, cause I like it to look almost the same <laughs> every time because that's a defined style, but whatever. Yeah. You can never explain to somebody else who's not into it that it's like cool because there's nothing cool about it. It's just, and that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of like a, it's not like a violent world, but it's, you know, it's kind of criminal in a, in a lot of ways. And I mean, just the very active, it's a crime technically, uh, unless you're just doing all legal stuff which at this point, like we are for the most part, but like, you know, like, so, so I don't know. It's just, it's, it's yeah, it's just kind of like weird to do, to yeah. be honest with you. And when I was younger, like I, yeah, at a young age, I, you know, like when Banksy first appeared and, you know, before that was like Black Lerat and uh, yeah. Fortress and all these kind of like street arts people. And then of course, Shepard Ferry over here in the States and, and, and actually very local to Boston um, having come from, rhode island like i thought that was way more interesting to just kind of push messages or like some sort of something that people could relate to and it would kind of trick them 
because they weren't looking at like a tag because nobody cares about your name no one cares about like joey fresh oneer you know what i mean like nobody yeah. cares except <laughs> for other people in that world so you're gonna have a bunch of dudes like jocking you right and like if that's what you want to do cool and if it's just about the energy of getting it out or like rebellion or like just not giving a fuck like that's cool too because i also know those feelings but in the world like it's really not doing anything for anybody except for those participants in that game uh the interesting thing about street art which i keep completely separate from what we know as graffiti mm-hmm. which is also a debate is that th- that's like marketing to me that's like you can either do something like positive important like i think what banksy has always done like i've got nothing but respect for the entity known as banksy mm-hmm. um you know it's i mean obviously it's 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 resonated a lot with people but i also don't think that street art has to be like political or having like a message per se i think there's a lot of cool people like uh like a kind of an og uh street art project uh eltono like it's just kind of like aesthetic it's just painting interesting like designs but publicly but it's not graffiti like it's not i mean by the def- definition it's graffiti because it's like a unsanctioned yeah, yeah. marking on a public surface right so like yes let's let's you know let's not mince words with critics but um <laughs> it's art like that's just like pu- i just consider that like public art it's public uns- yeah. unsanctioned art do i think that you know graffiti bombing is public unsanctioned art no i think it's just public unsanctioned it's not i mean it's not art it's just like getting up like i don't know how to say that any like less cold it's just it's just getting up like for self yeah. and for, like your 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 scene that's it i don't consider it art but again after a certain point a certain skill level or like a certain execution application it it's definitely art you know and 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 i'll also go so far as to say like the act of it the act of it could be seen as art so like from a, a passerby standpoint like a tag on a wall is not art right but if you break it down real serious and like you start getting into like the history of hand styles and like you know mm-hmm. kind of urban hieroglyphics or like calligraphy and you know so then you might say like, okay no it actually is art and then if you go even deeper and you're like but it's the expression it's the actual raw energy expression and the actual act of doing it like taking the spray can and like doing this on the wall illegally and like the movements of the arm etc can be seen as gestural performance art or something then it's like yeah that's art so you see what i'm saying like even though i say like yeah, yeah. tag is not an art per se self-serving whatever scene shit i mean it's foreseen in like your your own purposes or whatever if you really break it down like an anthropologist or something then it's 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 art right but street yeah. art i consider like totally different yes it can have certain overlay like uh it can overlap in ways like the the gestural nature of it performative nature of it blah 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 but um it's just got a different like point there's a different point yeah. to it. it's less self-serving even though it might be totally self-serving like it usually is trying to appeal to getting the public to react in some way whereas like catching a tag if there's any reaction you're trying to get out of the public it's like disdain <laughs> like you know what i mean like yeah. just kind of like shock you know what i mean and trust me i've done both i'm on both ends of the spectrum from like the tag to trying to do something that's more like street art with like some sort of like satire or whatever i've done all of it but uh yeah i mean if it's unsanctioned it's like you're putting yourself at risk for like arrest or whatever yeah um yeah i guess i definitely probably fall more towards the street art end of the spectrum you were describing there but my my thinking was or my the impetus behind me starting i guess was 
I have. I mean, I I figure why not aim high, right? So I have high aspirations. I've only really started painting since lockdown began, and but I've gone absolutely ham, and I've painted about a hundred paintings since. Nice. Uh, but and I sort of immersed myself in watching every art documentary I could, and what's what stood out to me was three. What I would see is three of like three of the biggest artists that I find aspirational of like recent history, being Banksy, the most recent one, then Basquiat, and. Keith Herring and they all started doing it so I was like shit must be something to this <laughs> you know yeah yeah I mean I I come from like a my like the people I'm into for like art you know uh that aren't total outsider etc are like you know people like Basquiat and Keith Herring and like you look at someone like Herring and you know like I don't know sometimes I'm like do I even really like this art you know like uh, of course I would all hang in my house I, I try to think like would I hang this in my house if he hadn't been famous, et cetera? And the answer is yes. And it's it's based on it's based on more of those early campaigns though, with like the chalk and the subways. Yeah. Because not only was like the activate cool to me that it was like repurposing a you know kind of like a derelict public surface, but uh so not only was the act cool, the application was cool. And just because it was so like gnarly for that time, and there was other people doing stuff like that, yeah. you know, Shadow Man and um, mm -hmm. you know Kenny Scharf was like earlier in that, and I mean, obviously like all the graph people in New York, but um, I don't know, I just find that excite, like I find that more exciting, you know, and 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 I'll tell you who like the ultimate for me, the ultimate like compromise between the two worlds of like street art or um, you know art with some sort of like message to attempt to. A not appeal to the public, but call attention from the public. And yeah. then also like just straight up graph, like for straight, like, you know, vandalism and just getting up total self-serving. And that would be revs and cost from New York because revs and cost were like really like the first writers to do crazy shit. Like just smash the whole entire city of New York with uh, like wheat paste that were self-serving in the sense that they were just a form of getting up with their names because it always said revs and costs, but they also made people think and like question their reality because they'd always say stuff like, you know, uh, cost fuck Madonna or like whatever. Like you're <laughs> like, why? And there would be a phone number that you can call and, you know, so they're doing stuff like that. They were doing yeah. huge uh, rollers on buildings. They were doing, I mean, revs went crazy in the tunnels with all the the diary, the journal entries on the walls in the subway tunnels. I mean, and then he went on to doing like, um, you know, the sculptural work illegally in the streets and for studio. Like, like I just I just consider like revs especially like the epitome of everything exciting and cool and like important about. I'm just gonna say public unsanctioned art gestures yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah yeah whether you look at that a lot of that stuff is like some sort of street art or just a, like some sort of like enlightened and like uh elevated graffiti however you want to look at it we could just say public unsanctioned art gestures mm -hmm. revs especially because cost kind of just went a little different route or like kind of faded a little bit but revs like to this day is like the epitome of all the good shit about all that stuff. Uh, yeah. And I just, and, and I, and I often like go back and look at rev stuff and say like, damn, like uh, it kind of, if something's not bumming you out, then like you need to find something that's bumming you out 
like about creativity. I, I'll, I'll, that's actually a good tip for people who are like trying to do something like creative or yeah. build something is like, if you do not feel bummed out at all times by somebody or something else, because you look at them as like, God damn, that's why can't I get to that? Or like, why can't I yeah. do that? Or like, what, why didn't I think of that? Then you're not doing, you're, you're certainly like resting on laurels or you just given up. Cause like I, Forever, to the day I die, will always be like because it's I can't change the fact of history. I will forever, along with countless other people, be like, "God damn revs and costs! Like, why, why did you think of this first? You know what mm. I mean? Or like, why did yeah. you do those campaigns with like the wheat paste in that fashion and that heavy first? You know what I mean? And and you can never change that. They did it. They did it. And all we can do is have utmost respect and be like, yes, that shit's sick. And I hope through that inspiration, like I can leave some sort of lasting mark too. And the crazy thing about revs and costs is like, they're not regarded as like, you know, like in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, you know, major artists or anything, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't think they've had like, you know, museum retrospectives or anything. Like they're more like folklore and like, uh, heroes of like a scene and and I think that's interesting too because that kind of goes back to the like I don't think that Revs was thinking much about other people's like opinion when he was painting those subway journal uh, yeah. entries you know what I mean and he even said and like you know I mean there's one I can definitely remember it's like you know to Joe Schmo or whatever Joe Public you're probably sitting here thinking like well, who is this person bugged out doing this you know whatever it does the journal <laughs> yeah. says. And it's, he's like writing to the viewer and it's like he kind of starts explaining his story. Like I was born here on this day. And it's like, I just used to look at that shit and was like, wait a second. This is a dude that used to paint trains, like in the, the golden era of like New York subway graffiti was definitely tapped into the streets, was doing like punk shit, like music and stuff. Those dudes put out a vinyl of music. Like, <laughs> and so he does, he's doing all this like tough street shit. Right. But he was also like intertwined with gallery scenes and like like downtown scenes, and then he was doing this like uh, like solo expeditions to do these very personal kind of like I don't want to say emo, but it's because people always like to use the word. E I can leave some sort of lasting mark too. And the crazy thing about Revs and Costs is like they're not regarded as like you know like in the in the grand scheme of things as like you know major artists or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't think they've had like, you know, museum retros for possibly nobody to ever see. Luckily, we've all gotten to see them um, in one way or another. And I don't know, man. I, and I don't want to talk about like revs <laughs> much, but yeah. like, I just, I'm just using that as an example of like, I just think that's like the coolest shit. And um, yeah. it really, at, at a young age, that really gave me confidence to be like, oh, it's okay to like, you can still be like tough or whatever. Cause like, I, I don't know. I had like a, kind of a gnarly life growing up. Like mm -hmm. it was cool to, it was, it gave me the confidence to be like, yeah, you can like still be tough and confident and like bullheaded or stubborn or whatever you are trying to figure out life. Uh, but also be vulnerable to like expressing yourself and like telling your story. And I just, that didn't exist before that for me. You know what I mean? Like I was growing yeah. up, like looking at graffiti, I was looking at like, you know, like J a and like, you know, most like bomber type people. Cause I just thought it was so like fascinating. Um, and then you had this person that was not only bombing, but like also being like vulnerable and like exposing 
not only parts of their actual life through like the memory journal entries and stuff, but also like just like their opinion on things like political statements and whatever. And um, I don't know. I, I, I try to carry some of that spirit with me just, you know, obviously in a different way, but sick. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know we're coming up to time. Um, my, my last question, second last question thing that I'm asking everyone is, do you have any suggestions of anyone you think would be good for me to reach out to, to try to get on the show? Because you mentioned um, some of the smaller artists you're into and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I would say, man, there's a lot of artists I like, I really like, and I'm trying to think of people who like would, you know, kind of speak a bit to like, you know, like uh, growing something or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have uh, like, um, my friend uh greg lamarsh uh he's he's a, like a definite og um you know graph person sp1 mm -hmm. um but also aside from that like a very accomplished artist um you know murals uh a lot of collage work i think like greg is someone that was also like a major influence for a lot of us growing up um and uh I'm still like just constantly psyched on his work. I actually like really got to connect with him through a, a, a mural project we were both a part of and um, definitely like a kindred spirit. And um, I don't know, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's older um, and he's been through a lot of shit and seen like a lot of changes and like public art and, you know, art in general. And um I don't know. He, he had, he, he, you know, he's got his following and he's definitely got like a, a, a probably like an obsessive graph fan base as well. And I just think nice. that he's an interesting dude that's continued to roll with the times and um, explore new styles and stuff. So like, yeah, I would like say Greg would be a cool person to connect with. Amazing. Okay. And then lastly, where can, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Matthew Zaremba. So it's two T's and Z-A-R-E-M-B-A -A, uh, or MatthewZaremba.com. Um, yeah. Amazing. Dude, it has been real. I could talk to you for hours. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, man. I like continue to, to thoroughly enjoy your art. So keep on crushing. This has been the Creative Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends, and tune in next week for another episode of the Creative Marketing Podcast with me, Angus Boyle, arpangus.com. Go buy some paintings. Cheers. <laughs>